You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet. Are you paying for your me time with just any credit card in your wallet? While you shouldn't stop treating yourself, you should start paying with a credit card that has perks. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? A free flight? Room upgrades? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and term supply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartRadio and Katie Couric Media. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric, and welcome to Next Question. On this episode... We really still have to fight to be considered equal. And we've had enough of this. You know, we just really have to take this and move forward. Can you believe the battle over the Equal Rights Amendment is still going on? This is the radical move that will finally set equality into motion. A century is enough. The proposed addition to the Constitution says, quote, equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex, end quote. This one sentence, written all the way back in 1922, is at the heart of a national constitutional debate that may now finally be nearing its end. Virginia is for ERA lovers. A lot of great things have come out of... This is Zion, who, along with her mom, Lily Bernard, an artist and activist in L.A., made this PSA a year ago to spread the word that Virginia could be the last state needed to ratify the ERA. She was just 10. The next great thing to come out of Virginia is the Equal Rights Amendment. First approved by Congress back in 1972, when I was 15, the ERA has been dormant for the better part of four decades, just three states shy of ratification. But now, thanks to the tireless work of ERA activists and a whole new generation of voices like Zion's, the amendment achieved its goal on January 15th, 2020. All those in favor of the resolution, that the resolution pass, vote aye. A century after women secured their right to vote in the U.S., Virginia became today the crucial 38th state to ratify the 1972 Equal Rights Amendment. 
The passage marked a historic moment for the ERA, which was written in... Eyes 59, nays 41, abstention zero. For the women of Virginia and the women of America, the resolution has finally So what does the passage of the ERA mean for the women of America? And when will it actually take effect? Later, we'll hear from playwright Heidi Schreck of the Tony-nominated play, What the Constitution Means to Me. But first, we turn to Carol Jenkins, the co-president and CEO of the ERA Coalition, to help us answer my next question. Does the ERA actually have a shot this time? And why, in 2020, do we still need it? We always thank Alice Paul, a really courageous, smart, determined woman, for giving women the right to vote. She was at the, the head of that. Alice Paul is a critical figure in the fight for women's equality. Born in New Jersey in 1885, Alice was ahead of her time. Her parents embraced gender equality and education for women. She herself earned multiple degrees, including a law degree and a PhD. In the early 20th century, she became one of the most vocal leaders of the suffrage movement, putting pressure on Congress and President Woodrow Wilson to give women the right to vote, which they finally did with the 19th Amendment, passed in 1919 and ratified in 1920. When she got that 19th Amendment, she said, you know what, Uh, we need one more step one more insurance for equality, and that was to amend the Constitution, where the drafters deliberately left women out. It was Alice Paul herself who wrote the very first version of the Equal Rights Amendment. The National Women's Party proposed it in 1923, and two Republican senators introduced it to Congress. Year after year, thanks to Alice, the ERA is introduced into every new session of Congress. But year after year... It fails. From 1923 to 1972, that 50-year chunk, Alice Paul and her colleagues were always working for it. Uh, The groups would get small and they would get large. And when some of our colleagues met up with her in the 1970s, apparently Alice Paul shouted out, "The, the young ones are here, they're going to take it on. 50 years ago last year, women got to vote, I hear. But we just sat on dusty shelves because we never helped ourselves. I had been refused apartments by landlords who would not rent to women. I have been refused full participation in politics. Tomorrow is Women's Strike Day, the day that women are being asked to stop typing, stop selling, stop cleaning house, stop doing dishes, and start demanding equal rights with men to demand that women be given their rightful place in the pages of the Ladies' Home Journal. What do you mean by rightful place? It is a woman's magazine. It is a woman's magazine, and that's the ironic aspect of the whole problem. Women here, there is one woman above middle management, one token woman out of the four men who control this magazine. Women here make paltry salaries as secretaries. They're not promoted. They're not given their rights. There's a lot of women that are really doing men's work, and I really do believe that they should have the equal rights and the equal pay that a man does receive. Now, thanks to the spirit of equality in the air and to the work of many of my more foresighted sisters, I no longer accept society's judgment that my group is second class. 
Second wave feminists of the 1960s like Gloria Steinem and grassroots organizations like the National Organization for Women picked up where Alice left off, convincing political leaders in Congress to consider adding the ERA to the Constitution. By 1970, Congress began hearings, and in 1972, the Equal Rights Amendment, with support from President Nixon, sailed through. Tonight, after a 49-year struggle, a constitutional amendment appears on the way, proclaiming once and for all that women have all the same rights as that other sex. There was just one hitch, a seven-year time limit for ratification. This sort of uh, wrinkle was put into the ERA that there would be a, what they used to refer to as the deadline. We don't think of it as that. That has more of a concrete feeling to it. This was a time limit that was not even included in the amendment, so it's not what states voted on. Time limits are not required by the Constitution, but by the 1970s, Congress was in the habit of setting these arbitrary deadlines for ratification. In fact, the eight amendments preceding the ERA, from the 20th through the 27th, were all given time limits and were all ratified. After the ERA's passage, most Americans supported the amendment. But over time, public enthusiasm waned, thanks to a highly visible and highly coordinated ERA opposition campaign led by a conservative activist named Phyllis Schlafly. How do you view the relationship of uh, women and men? Is it equal? Women uh, should not be equal to men. I think under our present system in the United States, uh, women enjoy a very wonderful status. I think it's better than equality. I think women would be sacrificing uh, many of the good things they now have, and it would be taking a step downward uh, to go for equality. Phyllis Schlafly, who was herself a very accomplished woman, uh, felt that women did not need to be that accomplished. You know, she was afraid that they would lose things like alimony and you know, Social Security, and they would have to go to war, they would have to join the army, there would be same-say. The, the picture that was painted then is uh, of Armageddon. Schlafly's whole campaign hinged on the belief that the ERA would unravel traditional American values. In fact, her anti-feminist pro-family crusade was one of the catalysts propelling an evangelical resurgence on the right that is still thriving today. And while there's no doubt Schlafly helped stop the Equal Rights Amendment, Carol Jenkins says she shouldn't get all the credit. I think it was more the businesses who understood that if they gave women equal rights, and that would mean equal pay and equal consideration, they would have to stop charging women more for insurance and dry cleaning to to disparate uh, examples. One of the reasons that corporate America is so successful is that it still uh, generally pays its women less than it pays its men. There was also a feeling among some progressive women that maybe they didn't need the ERA anyway. We all bought, even the women bought this notion of our being in the pipeline, which is the phrase that used to be used. Women, don't worry about it. Women are in the pipeline. And at a certain point, they'll emerge and be totally equal. And we bought into that 
progress, you know, the first woman this, the first woman that. And I think we got lulled into thinking that we were making extraordinary progress when, in fact, we were still only doing, you know, one by one. After the time limit expired in 1982, Democratic leaders continued to champion and reintroduce the amendment to Congress every year. But for decades, for most Americans, the fight for the ERA was a distant memory. But then, in 2014, a group of women, led by women's rights lawyer and activist Jessica Newworth, formed the ERA Coalition. When we started, the ERA had vanished from public consideration. Uh, so many people thought it had already been passed. Of course, how could we be a country without an Equal Rights Amendment? Uh, and others thought, oh, it had been defeated years ago, and good thing. Uh, so when we came along, our job was to inform the public that no, it had not been ratified, even though Congress passed it in 1972. And at that point, five years ago, we still needed three states. And it seemed an impossibility. So some of what we were working on was starting all over again, which also seemed incredible, uh, knowing what it would take to start from the very beginning. Uh, and then suddenly in 2017, Nevada, thanks to this magnificent state legislator, Pat Spearman, ratified the Equal Rights Amendment. And we were all sitting in the office and looking at each other and saying, does that count? And our lawyers said, it counts. Then we began to look around to see what other states were that, that this could happen, and Illinois just took it right up. SJRCA4 is adopted. Illinois is now the 37th state to ratify the amendment. Tonight's vote was symbolic. The country still needs one more state to ratify it to make it federal law. And that last state, of course, would be Virginia, which means three states ratifying in three years like a beautiful contagion of equality after 48, no, 97 years, which raises the question, why now? We've gone through this period where we thought, oh, incremental progress will mean equality in our lifetime. And when I think a lot of women looked around and said, no, it's not going to happen in my lifetime or my daughters or probably my granddaughters either, that they will be faced with the same kinds of uh, insane, uh, you know, discriminatory tactics that have been used through my grandmother's lifetime. So I think there was that. There was the Me Too movement. We give it full credit for an uproar, the women's marches, you know, that kind of massive gathering. I think women have said, that's it. That's enough. And it's only recently that people have begun to understand, hey, wait a minute, there's something wrong with our Constitution. It's the playbook by which this country lives, and women are not in it. And until you fix that, uh, you're not going to fix anything. Congress approved it in 1972 by two-thirds. So we have the 38th state. You know, we are there. Coming up, we'll talk with playwright Heidi Schreck about what the Equal Rights Amendment means to her. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. 
if you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When I was 15 years old, I would travel the country giving speeches about the Constitution at American Legion halls for prize money. This uh, this was a scheme invented by my mom to help me pay for college. uh, That's playwright Heidi Schreck in 2019, performing in her acclaimed Broadway show, what the Constitution means to me. I was actually able to pay for my entire college education this way. Thank you. Thank you. It uh, it was 30 years ago and it was a state school, but thank you. Uh, A few years ago, I was thinking about the Constitution for various reasons. And I thought it would be interesting to go back and see what my 15-year-old self loved so much about this document, because I did. I loved it. I was a zealot. I was a true believer. The play is funny, poignant, and moving. Over the course of an hour and a half, Heidi manages to make this incredibly dry document incredibly warm, personal, and resonant. By revisiting her 15-year-old self, she reveals just how complicated and problematic the Constitution is. would do is resurrect the speech and the contest based on what I remember about myself at 15. Which is why the Equal Rights Amendment, or lack thereof, is so personal. What I wasn't able to put together at that time, I think, was the way it had influenced my life and the life of uh, my women ancestors, the sort of negative impact Um, that our laws had actually had on the lives of my mom, my grandma, my great-grandma, my great-great-grandma. And I didn't sort of viscerally start to put that together until I I began making the play. Um, So my mom is a feminist. She fought for the ERA. I remember I was 11 in 1982 when we decided it couldn't be ratified, when there weren't enough states to ratify it. I remember her crying about it, not totally understanding that though and then when I went to do the contest I didn't sort of put together that this document 
I loved so much was part of the reason my mom was crying. <laughs> and when I started to do research for the play, uh, I began to connect those things. So I have this long history of domestic violence in my family um, and sexual assault. And when I began to understand the ways our laws and this constitution had failed the women in my family and seen firsthand the effects that failure had had on my mom, who'd had to grow up in a violent and abusive household, uh, I started to question the document more deeply. And that it wasn't as inclusive as you might have originally yes. thought. Yes. The protections I, weren't afforded to everyone. They they weren't and are not afforded to everyone. And it says in the 14th Amendment, we all must be treated equally under the law. And I took that at face value. And I didn't understand that that, that wasn't happening in practice. And not only was it not happening in practice, obviously not just for women, but for many groups of people, uh, immigrants, indigenous peoples, all people of color in this country, especially black people, I didn't understand that discrimination on the basis of sex was not actually prohibited by the document. So, you know, the Supreme Court came out and ha has established that um, that the 14th Amendment does not cover sex in the way it covers race, uh, religion, and other protection, pr protective groups. Galea very famously said, um, well, the Constitution does not require discrimination on the basis of sex, which is nice of him to say. <laughs> Uh, the issue is whether it prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex, and he said it does not prohibit it. And so there have been all these decisions that have been made that, from my perspective, have enshrined sexism in our laws, and I've also failed to overturn sexist laws. And it's clear that we need a constitutional amendment so that the courts have to be held accountable uh, for overturning these laws or challenging these laws. Heidi says there are several examples of court cases that have enshrined sexism into our laws, but there's one in particular that hit home for her. The case of Jessica Gonzalez, now Jessica Lenahan, versus the town of Castle Rock, Colorado. You know the case of Jessica Lenahan, uh, Jessica Gonzalez, who in 2005, um, took her case to the Supreme Court. Well, your argument now, number 04278, the town of Castle Rock versus Jessica Gonzalez. Mr. Eastman. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court. What happened here is undeniably tragic. A father shot in she had had a restraining order against her violent husband. Um, he violated the restraining order, kidnapped their daughters. She contacted the police um, many times, nine times, I believe, went to the station twice in person. They laughed at her, told her she was being silly, refused to enforce the restraining order. And her husband that night killed their daughters. She sued the police department for failing to protect them, for failing to uh, enforce this restraining order. And in fact, Colorado had just passed a law that required police to enforce these restraining orders. Um, the police department uh, appealed. The case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided that uh, the police department could not be held accountable, even though there was a state law saying that they could. Um, and that is because 
we don't have an equal rights amendment. That's because there was nothing in the Constitution that said that you could not discriminate on the basis of sex. They decided there was no way to hold the police accountable or to address this larger problem of police not listening to women when they're in these situations, uh, refusing to protect them. The Colorado law had been enacted in order to like address this problem uh, in police departments, which was like they, they discovered like all over the country that police departments were failing to protect women in this way. And so the law was an attempt to rectify that, and the Supreme Court essentially killed the law. For me, that story is very uh, personal. When I was researching the story of my family and trying to understand why my grandma, Betty, did not leave her violent husband, I was looking into what kind of laws would have protected my grandma if she had wanted to take her kids and run away. Uh, What does the Constitution say, if anything, about women in my grandma's situation? And when I was trying to understand that, I found... Jessica's story. I listened to her case. Um, we've since become friends, and I, I understood in a much deeper way why my grandma chose to stay. The fact is, and this is still true in this country, that the moment a woman decides to leave a relationship like that is the moment her life is in the most danger, and that's because we don't have laws that protect women in these situations. We don't have adequate laws. How would the ERA rectify that, Heidi? So if we had an Equal Rights Amendment, then the Supreme Court would have to say, uh, as Scalia was unwilling to say, that the Constitution of the United States prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex, and what this police department was doing was discrimination on the basis of sex. They were not listening to a woman. They were dismissing her. They were calling her ridiculous. They... They didn't have an understanding of what circumstances are like for women in in violent relationships. Um, So it would, I think, in her case, have allowed the law to stand, for one thing. Um, And it would have provided a way for people to take action on a state level to say, like, let's let's address this problem of uh, of sexism in police departments. Like, let's address the fact that. Um, these cases are often misunderstood and therefore bad policing happens. What's the difference between the 14th Amendment (laughs) and the Equal Rights Amendment? Uh, That's a wonderful question. Uh, So the 14th Amendment says, no state shall deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. So that's the 14th Amendment. That's the 14th Amendment. Section, section 1, one clause, clause 4. four. <laughs> the only yes. reason I know that is because Heidi's been trying to figure that out. Yes, but, I um, 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 so, so, so wouldn't that, that include women? Uh, ideally, <laughs> yeah. It actually, you know, it's a really interesting clause, too, because it uses the word person. Uh, not Instead citizen of, or man <laughs> or man or but citizen, which means also that if you are here uh, as an undocumented immigrant, it's it would seem that the text is saying you almost you you must also be treated equally under the law, right? Because um, a person, because you're a person, and and other parts of the amendment use the word citizen. Um, so yes, so that that is the argument people make uh and and i get the argument if you read the i mean th- i think that's what i thought when i was 15 too if you read that amendment it seems very clear no person i'm a person you're a person but that has not actually played out in the laws or 
in the decisions made by the Supreme Court. In addition, Heidi, to helping people like Jessica Lenahan, what other ways would the ERA protect and ergo help women? Having that amendment in our Constitution would go a long way toward supporting legal protections like across the board, having to do with equal pay, having to do with um, maternal mortality and the health crisis for women in this country, having to do with paid parental leave, um, uh, obviously um, making sure that a woman's right to control over her own body, to the right to have an abortion, the right to get birth control. Um, it would strengthen all of those protections, either strengthen them or allow people to pass better laws um, to protect women in these situations. As you know, the um, we have the highest maternal mortality rate um, of any westernized nation, uh, and it's going up. And having a constitutional amendment would allow us to have laws uh, that could stick. It means you could pass a law to try to address that problem and not then eventually have it overturned by the Supreme Court. I also think it has the potential to change attitudes because often laws happen before there's a a, a real shift in public perception and attitudes. Absolutely. You saw that in the civil rights movement, for example. We needed Brown versus Board of Education uh, to end segregation in this country like if we had just waited for people to change their minds or, or for t- if we had taken a change or for example yes, yes i think that would have taken much longer to happen than it did when we come back heidi schreck and carol jenkins on what happens next with the era BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Is this finally the era for the ERA? Just because it's been ratified by the necessary 38 states doesn't mean the fight is over. Once again, here's Carol Jenkins to help us understand what comes next. The first thing that will happen is that we will have two years, the waiting time before it's enacted. There will be legal cases, a really strong, vibrant legal life that the Equal Rights Amendment will have to tackle you know, various things that have come up, like the time limit. Uh, the ERA Coalition has been working for years on, on getting the time limit removed. Uh, we have the votes in the House. We are also working in the Senate with Senator Ben Cardin and with Lisa Murkowski, a Democrat and a Republican, who both support the ERA and are working to remove that time limit uh, in the Senate. But the time limit is just the beginning. While an overwhelming majority of Americans support the Equal Rights Amendment, conservative opponents, worried mainly about the ERA's effect on abortion, are already fighting. In fact, five states have voted to rescind their ratification of the ERA. Five states have tried to rescind. Our legal team tells us that it's not possible, that you cannot have a subsequent body undo what a previous body has done. So legally, we think we're safe there. But there are three states who uh, have uh, filed a lawsuit against the head librarian because it is the archivist's job, as strange as it seems, uh, nothing personal, <laughs> but that the head librarian is the one who certifies ratifications of amendments. And so uh, they have uh, uh, filed a suit against the archivist saying that he cannot uh, assert that Virginia is a... Uh, uh, is a ratified state. But then a pro-equality group filed a dueling suit. And then the Department of Justice weighed in, effectively siding with conservative states, saying the archivists can't verify the amendment because the time limit had passed. I know, stay with me, people. All of which is to say the next steps for the ERA are complicated, legally fraught, and will likely go all the way up to the Supreme Court. But supporters say they're ready. We have colleagues who've been waiting for that Supreme Court hearing for years and, they, and are ready to, to engage in that. So uh, ultimately, we will win this because the women of America deserve uh, equality. And this is the way to get it. When Heidi and I talked about the laundry list of continued hurdles the ERA now faces, she was also optimistic that the amendment would ultimately be a part of the Constitution she loves so much. Clearly, there's great political will behind it. There have been various polls taken, and the amount of Americans who support an equal rights amendment is, is always in the, like, 90% or higher. And frankly, if we had to start over, I think we could do it. I imagine that, like, every state now could take up the mantle 
and and try to pass it again if that's what we needed to do. But I think that like that there's there's momentum. I feel like we're at a, 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 in a moment in our country's history when we understand that things have to change. Uh, well, on so in, in so many ways, but we understand that. Um, that things have to change for for women culturally and legally in this country, that it's time. You're pregnant with twins. I am pregnant with twins. You're yes. due this spring, yes. which is so exciting. Thank you. So do you feel an even greater sense of urgency to usher in some of these changes that many women have been waiting for for so long? Uh, yes, I do. I do. I um. So I'm pregnant with girls <laughs> and uh, I do feel, I do, I mean, I felt a sense of urgency already, but I really want them, I really want them to be born into a world or to grow up in a world in which um, they know they are valued by their country, by the legal system, by the culture. Um, I want them to be able to open a constitution and and look and see that they're protected there. Um, and I want, actually, I, I sort of feel it on both sides. I want my mom <laughs> to see that before she dies. And I want my girls to grow up in a world in which that's true. And I think, I think that's the other thing about the amendment is like simply on a symbolic level, it's really important. Like it's crucial that a girl or woman or mother or grandmother or person could look in this document and say, I'm represented here. Um, yeah, that's what I want. Meanwhile, what does Carol Jenkins want to see? I wish Alice Paul were here. I'm giving her a heavenly hug. Thank you for starting this rolling. Shirley Chisholm and all of the the people who worked on this endlessly. Uh, and, you know, I'm hoping that we'll be able to celebrate a final, final victory for, for them, as well as for every girl uh, in America. And that does it for this week's episode. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We hope we've provided you with some information and context to help you better understand the ERA and the constitutional fight for equality. There's going to be an awful lot happening around the ERA in the coming months, maybe even years. But I hope we can ultimately see those 24 words make their way into the 233-year-old piece of parchment that's the foundation of our democracy. As Alex P. Keaton once said, You say E-R-A. I say Y-E-S. But for now, keep up with Next Question's second season by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And we hope we're one of them. And if you're looking for more context on the day's biggest headlines, subscribe to our daily morning newsletter, Wake Up Call, at katiecouric.com. You can also follow me, of course, on your go-to social media feed. Until next time, and my next question, I'm Katie Couric. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartRadio and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are Katie Couric, Courtney Litz, and Tyler Klang. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen. Our show producer is Bethann Macaluso. The associate producers are Emily Pinto and Derek Clements. 
Editing by Derek Clements, Dylan Fagan, and Lowell Berlanti. Mixing by Dylan Fagan. Our researcher is Gabriel Luzer. For more information on today's episode, go to katiecouric.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at katiecouric. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.